It's the Hometime Show podcast with Bush and Ritchie. <laughs> our producer, Adem, is just being... He's just playing up. He is, um, in quite outrageous fashion at the moment. He's actually. been... He's, let's just explain. He's been nominated for this awards producer of the year or something like that and he's, it's changed him isn't it it has you know sometimes when some people have something good happen to them you can just see it go straight to their head and yeah. it's, a, it's a nasty quality actually it really is uh, which is a shame because I know that you and I when we heard that he was nominated for best entertainment producer um, which reflects well on us it does yeah um, uh, at, at a forthcoming awards we were both delighted, but we had conversations saying how happy we were for him. Yeah, we were really happy for him. Then he started to dress in very flamboyant clothing and referring to himself in the third person. And now it's hard to have a conversation with him. Yeah. He, he says stuff like, when Adem walks into a room, Adem must sit first before anyone else. Stuff like that. Yeah. Phrases. Anyway, look, we'll work through it because it's not your problem, but hopefully you'll appreciate yeah. just for us getting it off our chest does help a lot. Um, one other thing he does just before we go to the show this happens during the show you're about to hear I was talking I was setting up the very beginning bit of a new phoner that we were doing and I made eye contact with him and he yawned directly into my face without even blinking does it all the time it's one of his worst qualities there are, there are other people who work in this industry that would have him for toast yeah they would absolutely have him for toast it reflects well on Bush and I that he is still here despite the fact he behaves like this oh he's yawning again <laughs> oh, there he goes he's off again here's the show Adam's going to edit that out of the podcast. <laughs> 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 the Hometime Podcast with Bush and Richie. If you're listening, it's probably not home time anymore, but we can't be bothered to think of a new name. Absolute radio. Are there moments in your life where your life seems to be resemble or be like something off TV? <laughs> Let me explain. I cycle to and from work each day, as you probably know, and it's four miles a pop each way. So I cycle past a fair old sort of site. I see a lot of stuff. And I go down the side of the Thames, Trafalgar Square, Covent Garden, all this kind of lot. So I see a lot of different things. This morning on my cycle, I had to weave around two fellas in boiler suits carrying a pane of glass across the road in an alleyway. <laughs> and I was thinking to myself, that's straight out of a cartoon, isn't it? <laughs> Two fellas, proper, big old, like, Super Mario boiler suits. I swear one of them had a curly moustache. <laughs> Both had flat caps. And they were just, they were like Acme brothers walking out the side of a van with a pane of glass. I, I didn't even know that happened in real life. In the cartoon, do you go straight through the glass and it smashes easy? Or do, do they sort of, like, wobble and you go round like you did today? I think what should have actually happened is I wobble round it and then the, accidentally taking a shortcut for a Chinese laundrette and having a, a shirt on my face. I go into a lamppost and leave the lamppost in the shape of Bush and the bike. That's it, go duh, 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 <laughs> down a load of stairs. <laughs> so I just thought, first hour of the show, because these are weird times, has something <laughs> happened to you today or recently that's straight out of a cartoon? Have you got your foot stuck in a bucket? Has <laughs> someone turned round with a ladder and hit you on the back of the head? I was walking to get the train today and an anvil fell off a cliff I was my... walking to the train station. Oh, my word! <laughs> <laughs> it was a grand piano last week as well. Yeah, it? it was. <laughs> so if anything's happened to you recently that could be in a cartoon, we want to hear about it right now. You know what to do. Text 81215. Uh, this text says somebody threw a banana skin out of the window of the car today. It made my car do a 360. That's unbelievable. Genuine <laughs> really question. Has anyone ever... Have you ever gone over on a banana skin? Where, where do they get this kind of, like, 
fearsome reputation from banana skin I'd have to say in 43 years I never have but the question is is that nature or nurture have I not gone over on it because I've seen so many cartoons and I've thought to myself don't you dare tread on that banana skin always on the lookout for it exactly if you've ever gone over on one I'd just like to know I I feel like retrospectively need to go and delete them out of cartoons (laughs) Uh, speaking of my near accident Matt Pellet says on Twitter that's straight out of Paperboy the classic 80s arcade game if you remember that had to fire the papers at people's houses you remember that we're going down a very uh, tricky route here. We could be back on Tetris and Super Mario Brothers like yesterday. More than happy to sing them for you again if you want. <laughs> Do what the public wants. Uh, James says, I was playing golf recently and hit a shot against a tree that rebounded straight at me, so I had to take urgent evasive action. <laughs> straight out of a cartoon. Do you remember this time on yesterday's show, we were speaking to Robert on his way into the, uh, the Labour ward with his wife Emily? Oh, yeah, he was just sat there having Costa coffee and having muffins while she was giving birth. <laughs> that was it. Little baby girl called Anna. So congratulations to uh, to Robert and Emily. And he couldn't find a way to link the name to Stereophonics Handbags and Glad Rags that oh. turned out to be the song that was on at the time. A home time show baby. There you go. That's fantastic news. Uh, right now we're talking about something happened to you recently which was straight out of a cartoon. I would say 90% of these are real life. 10% people pulling our legs like Barry says. I saw a group of biplanes chasing a pigeon. Not so sure about that. <laughs> But we do have Jason on the line. Jason, what cartoony thing did you witness? Oh, mate, last week I was at work. Um, these two guys turned up. They work for a company about outside of the Barbican. And his one mate turned up at work. And it felt like he was on sleeping tablets all night. And he sort of put his hoodie over his head and walked around with the, the, at work with a hammer going, ah, ah, ah. <laughs> And he just thought it was the most horrendous thing ever. And I, and I said to myself, what, what does that remind me of? And it reminded me of... Beavis and Butthead when he's on the aeroplane yes. with his little grandma and he takes all those sleeping tablets he's like ah, 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 you know it was just the most incredible thing and I showed it to the guys at work and they couldn't stop laughing and they were like that's exactly walking around with a hammer and a hoodie and his eyes just like ah, ah, ah. and I just thought it was, it was brilliant and I thought you know I was listening to your guys show now I thought it's a classic it was just no we appreciate it and I, I think uh, I don't speak on behalf of everyone your Beavis and Butthead impression will live long with me particularly this evening <laughs> when I close my eyes to go to sleep can we have it one more time Time. That's that's my impression, guys. Don't have nightmares. <laughs> Will do. Cheers, guys. An update from Leslie for you, Bush, about uh, slipping owner over on banana skins. Because it can't be a thing. I've, I've never, never seen anyone ever do it in my life. Leslie says the banana skin references dated back to silent films when horses were more common on the roads. Wow. And it was a nicer way rather than people slipping in, shall we say, horse movements. I will say substituted that for a banana. Correct. That's mad. And to be fair, there's quite a few people getting in touch who have actually... Maybe you need to set up a support group. <laughs> if, you've, if you've slipped on a banana skin and no one believe you, uh, this one says, was catching the bus last weekend, slipped on a banana skin. It was raining and literally everyone on the bus saw it. We feel your pain. Uh, Dan says, I went to do a wheelie on my bike to impress my kids and the front wheel came off. <laughs> That's straight out of a cartoon. Uh, we've got Shelley on the line. Shelley, tell us about the cartoon thing that happened to you. So my dad and I speak every Sunday afternoon and we have the general chit-chat of you know what he's been up to and blah 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 um, and uh, I noticed on one video call that he'd had a gap in the front of his face <laughs> so I said to him you know he's getting on a bit so you kind of think oh god you know is he eating something or something you know even more boring than that and uh, he said oh no I was in the garden show you'd never believe it he said oh, I was minding my own business digging the weeds out and I turned around and stood on a rake. 
Yeah. Yes, and so you know the result. So, yeah. Wow, so, that is straight out of a cartoon. And that actually knocked a tooth out. God bless you. What's his name? Let's give him some credit on this show. Uh, his name is John, and he lives in uh, he lives in France. Fantastic, John. Put himself on the line there in in the in the best interests of humour and physical comedy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Which he's been doing for me for the last forty years. So <laughs> yeah, he's the best dad. So on the way in today, I have had an idea. You know how we've got this big £100,000 thing going on at Absolute Radio at the moment? £100,000. We'll, we'll give you a reminder about how you can get into that um, shortly. Yep. I sat on the train on the way in, thinking about today's show and how professional and good it was going to be. Sorry about that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's not just you. Yeah, sorry. Um, and I was thinking about this £100,000, and then I came up with an amazing idea. Uh-huh. But it was about... Basically, turning into a humanitarian. Okay, so what? Not using the money on just stuff that you want to buy. You using the money to to affect the world in None some way. None of it is spent on me. Wow. Okay. All right. And it was because of this gentleman that got on the train. He got on for one stop. He got off at the next stop. So he's probably on there for a round of at at worst three minutes. Okay. But he's one of these gentlemen that that gets on. And he's listening to music on his phone. Oh. And he's playing it very, very loudly out of his phone. There's, there's no attempt to play it quietly. And there was certainly no earphones or headphones in any way, shape or form. I'm, I'm wound up even just thinking about him. <laughs> just wound up even thinking about him. Can't stand it. Massive bug of mine. <laughs> and then I thought to myself, what if I won the £100,000 and I kept it on me at all times? OK. And if someone got on the train... Or the bus, because it happens quite often, you'd have to say. It does. Listening to music like that. It's a thing. I'd be able to get up, and I'd be able to go, hey, son, here's some money, get some headphones. Oh, wow. So what, would you be buying people like those iPhone ones, proper expensive ones? I think what I'd like to do is actually, rather than give them money to spend on headphones <laughs> because they probably wouldn't, I'd actually have just like gratuitous headphones on me all the time. Yeah. So i go, here. That would be so good. And that's what I would basically give away the £100,000 by empowering the world to have headphones not to listen to music loudly out there. I love this because I had a sniffer on the train yesterday. You know, because obviously there's hardly anyone on transport at the moment. It was a mm-hmm. little taster of what, what life used to be like. And I've, I've got this fantasy of going up to someone who's sniffing non-stop on a train and giving him a tissue and saying, do you want a tissue, Great mate? Great idea. So I'd, maybe I'd tr- change up my £100,000 just into countless pack a warehouse, a lock-up <laughs> full of those handy andies. In fairness, I'd have to say, yours is a, it's a lower unit price, so you would probably be able to shift and help more people yeah. with the tissues than me buying people wireless listening devices. Yeah, you'd run out of the cash fairly quickly. <laughs> Quite quickly. I, I, I love the idea of not using it for yourself, but to do, I don't know, to, to try and get rid of something that's annoying in this world. So here's a question. Get in touch with us uh, this evening. Tell us, if you, if you were to get rid of this £100,000 in a humanitarian way to rid things that annoy you in life, how are you spending this £100,000? Andy Davis says, Bush and Richie, if I won the money, I'd retrofit every big coat with a removable lining that you can take out should the big coat protocol be activated when oh. it's really warm outside like today. Okay. Come on, Andy, mate. Uh, we mentioned this earlier on, we believe that our colleague Leona Graham here on Absolute Radio has been stirring up big coat rebels. Yeah, which is which is unnecessary and uh, very disappointing, but we will march on the... Nothing's for changing. We're going to call another 
another Hobra meeting and we'll be dealing with Leona <laughs> in due course. Uh, right, OK, so your ideas, what are you going to do with it? Ian, what have you come up with? My idea was to build an incinerator and rid London of all the illegal electric scooters being used on the roads and pavements. Are you, are you a taxi driver? You got? I can. There's, there's a taxi driver thing going on here. No, I'm not a taxi driver. I've just been quite a long commute in the morning, so I'm absolutely fed up with it. <laughs> wow. What is it about them, the scooter drivers that you don't like? What's what's the thing about scooters? Um, well, worse than cyclists. They ignore all the red lights the same as cyclists do. OK. Uh, also, they're in and out of pedestrians, in and out of traffic, and most of the time I'm on the, on the brakes because uh, they're just in the way and they're not even supposed to be there. Now, the problem with this is that Richie started this off by wearing a completely white linen outfit and being a humanitarian. <laughs> this is to be the incinerator. <laughs> yes, that's, that's true. It's not quite in the spirit of it, is I it? I think, I tell you what, I tell you... Tell you what, maybe Ian might agree to a middle ground, all right? Because he raises a point. I do believe yeah. that Ian could be right that these electric scooters on pavements is actually illegal. Yeah. All right. So how about a middle ground? Ian's a hundred thousand pounds. Go and build an electric scooter park. You know how like like you get skate parks and BMX yeah. parks. Electric yeah, yeah. scooter park, <laughs> then all electric scooterists can go and scoot around there. How do you feel about that, Ian? Or are you still not in, in enthralled by them actually having fun? I think you're just spoiling my fun by doing that. <laughs> Ian wants his incinerator. <laughs> he wants his incinerator. Good to speet you, Ian. Take care, fella. Bye. Cheers. Take care. I've got Lindsay on the line. Lindsay, what would you use the 100k for? Well, I the um, radio, the headphone thing definitely annoys me. But yeah, same as when people go to the like supermarket and they're not just doing like a little shop. They're doing like their big weekly shop, and they're there and they get all the plastic bags. And it just annoys me. It's like, just buy a bag for life. So I'd give them bag for life. So I'll pay for it myself. Well, she'd be walking around with just bags for life, giving, handing them yeah, out to I'd people. Be the bag lady. <laughs> <laughs> hey, but at least you'd be the Hessian bag lady. Yes, yes there you go. Amazing. Absolute radio. If you missed us chatting to the brilliant Ross Kemp, who interrupted bath time in his house to chat to us on Zoom, you get the Hometime Show podcast. He's on there from last night right now. Speaking of bath time, that'll be going on soon uh, in in my house right now with my toddler, Rocco. Um, it'll be in a happier mood today because of something that's happened. Do you remember uh, a week ago, last Friday on the show, you may or may not remember, uh, we were talking about uh, Rocco's, Rocco's little mate, Digger Man. Little Digger Man. R.I.P. Digger Man. He's with the Angels right now. Or is he? So Digger Man, um, he's a man, he's in a digger. Uh, But Rocco had lost the man that was in the digger. He's called Digger Man. Um, Lost him out on a walk. Uh, Very sad times. Toddler asking, where is Digger Man? All these kind of things. Daddy's have to go, well, he'll be be back one day, maybe. I don't know where he is. He's lost. Could be anywhere. Could be anywhere. He'd forgotten about him until there was a knock on the front door today. Have a listen to this. A man! Who is it? A man! Has he come back? Yeah. He's come back because Daddy spent six pounds to buy a replacement one. <laughs> it's a lovely video. The door opens up and Digger Man stood there on, on your doormat as, as if he'd, like, changed his mind. It's a miraculous dad moment. So, yeah, went online, found a replacement, six quid. He thinks Digger Man's turned back up. Here's the question, Bush. Have I done the right thing? Because that's not how life works, is it? My other half, Katie, when she saw that, said that Rich had set a bad precedent for the future <laughs> yeah. because not all toys come back. <laughs> no, no, no. Hey, not even toys. You lose your mobile phone, you don't open up the front 
front door and there's the replacement for nothing. There you go. I think Rocco's going to learn a valuable life lesson. <laughs> uh, so, got to tell you about this. Uh, rewind a week or so ago, we were supposed to have a Zoom dinner party with a couple of friends. You ever do this where you, you just put the computer out there so you're, it's like you're sat opposite them eating. I like the idea. And it's like you chat, you're just having your tea together, that kind of thing, with my good friends John and Libby, who have known for donkey's years. Anyway, John was going to cook a really nice tea. Let's have a bit of, uh, let's have a bit of food music for this. <laughs> Uh, John was going to cook a nice tea. Anyway, Libby was tired, had a busy day at work. We didn't end up doing the Zoom chat. We've rescheduled it. So John just ended up cooking for himself. He didn't end up cooking the meal he was going to. Uh, so I texted John later on saying, what did you end up having in the end? And no word of a lie, he told me that he had mushy peas on toast. Have you ever heard of anyone having mushy peas on toast before? No. I've had, I always have mushy peas with my fish and chip order at the chippy. Yeah. But never in a million years would I ever think that goes on toast. It comes as a side, doesn't it? It's a, it is. It's a side. It's not. Surely, I mean, can you imagine what mushy peas as a consistency does to the toast that's below it? That's really grim. It's quite grim, isn't it? Yeah. I, was, I was quite surprised. He's normally quite a respectable fellow, is John. But it got me thinking about on toast, the concept mm-hmm. of on toast. In the, it's a very British thing. I would say here in this country, we make more use of stuff on toast than yep. any other nation, yep. it's fair to say. And also there's an interesting thing about on toast in that it's there are no rules. Like, it's anything goes on toast uh, in that, say, you know, like bits of the moon are not covered by international law. No mm-hmm. one actually technically owns them. It's a bit like that with the, the surface of toast. You can yeah. kind of do what you want. Yep. So for this final hour of the show, show and tell, cards on the table, what is the weirdest thing <laughs> that you have on toast? OK, all right. Because I know people do some strange stuff. I I will put one forward. At first, first sight, you'd think to yourself, oh, well, that's not strange. Scrambled egg on toast, right? Fair play. Nothing strange about that. Done in the microwave, yeah. What about when you've already put Marmite on the toast? So it's toast, Marmite, then your scrambled egg. See, I'd be willing to give that a try. I would put my mortgage on that. Did you discover it by accident? How do you even discover this kind of thing? Do you know what? I'd love to be able to give you a proper answer on that. I can't... I, I think... Because I love Marmite so much, I think one day I was just stood there thinking, how's that going to work? So I'll experiment. give it a try. And it's amazing. I swear by it, anyone... Just at least give it a try once. Scrambled egg and Marmite. I'm going to give it a go. I'm going to give that a go. Jez... <laughs> Jez texts and says this. I've already offered up, right, uh, this, this scrambled egg and Marmite on toast. Yep, fair play. Jez says, I have Marmite... Surprise toast. Ooh, I don't like the idea of the surprise bit. Several dollops of Marmite, but don't spread it. Then a big dollop of jam and a big dollop of peanut butter. Then spread it. Oh, my word. Some bites have Marmite and some don't. It's so exciting. 500 years ago, mate, you'd have been ducked in the local <laughs> harbour. Well, that, that's just absolute wrong and behaviour. It's completely rogue. Uh, let's hope we get more uh, sense out of Mick, who's on the line. Mick, what's the weird thing you have on toast? Yeah, uh, I guess. Haggis and brown sauce. Wow. That's not a very Scottish accent, Mick, so you're obviously really, really loving the taste of it because it's not necessarily uh, something that's going to come natural to you. Uh, no, these are the dulcet tones of a Midlander, I'm afraid. So, uh, yeah, quite far from Scotland. But, um, wow. yeah, no, I, uh, a colleague recommended it, a, a Scottish colleague, you'd be surprised to hear. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, Grant's in particular, tinned haggis, and microwave it. There's nothing more dirty than microwave in a tin of haggis. <laughs> microwave tin of haggis, yes. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, yeah, plenty of brown sauce. Lovely. And you're just bold as brass. You don't care what anyone says about your haggis on toast, do you? Oh, no. Delicacy. It- it's a very, very beige plate, Mick, <laughs> but I love the sound of it. <laughs> Scott swears by his, says it's amazing. What is it then, Scott? It is, mate. We're going with pot noodle on toast. 
Right. Oh, right. <laughs> wow. The way he just describes that, it's almost as if it's like a special on a menu. <laughs> there is always the pot noodle on toast, sir, if you uh, be willing to have a look at the main special menu. That's unbelievable. So, any particular flavour that you go for? Yeah, beef and tomato specifically. <laughs> and yeah. the pot noodles can be quite runny, aren't they, as well? So that yeah, it does really soak into the bread. You've got to kind of get it as thick as you can, but also don't don't go all over the toast. Just sort of part. You need some butter and some some crust still on the toast as well. When you refer to the thickness, are you talking about of the sauce or are you yeah, talking about sauce. of the slice? Because I would imagine it's a really nice sauce. a nice farmhouse bloomer, uh, and that's really yeah. going to soak it up a little bit. Yeah, that would work as well. Definitely, that would work. And so you thicken in the sauce. Do you, are you reducing the amount of hot water off of the kettle that you're putting into there? Is that how you yeah, thicken the pot? Leave it longer. Leave it longer. He's a, he's a pot noodle pro, this fella, isn't he? <laughs> I'm going to run by the yeah. corner shop on the way home. <laughs> <laughs> do it, do it. The Home Time Podcast with Bush and Richie. If you're listening, it's probably not home time anymore, but we can't be bothered to think of a new name. Absolute radio. Um, this is as long as we are allowed at the end of this podcast because our awards nominated producer told us not to talk. Unbelievable.